Hey guys, it's the fourth episode. I'm so happy you all are here with me. I am going to lead us in prayer before we get started. As we go into this Good Friday and the acknowledgement and remembrance of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I want to send my my deepest, most loving and vulnerable thoughts to those that are listening this weekend. I pray that the love of Jesus Christ is felt among you and your loved ones in the most authentic and peaceful way possible. I pray that on this Resurrection Sunday, you feel the light and presence of God. Just fill your hearts and minds and spirits. Those that may not have someone praying for them or think they don't have someone praying for them, I I pray for them that they feel loved and not alone and that this be the beginning of a life filled with Jesus's love, Jesus's peace, his strength, his forgiveness, and his glory. Pray for the health of those listening, those not listening, and I thank you God for the health and the voice that you've given to me. Amen. Are you seeing what's happening here? Like, I'm not even sure if you all are seeing what happened here. I drop an episode once a month. And in the month of March, I released more than one episode. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that's pretty lit that there were two episodes in March. Welcome to the fourth episode of Life Things with Maquita Danielle. Maybe there'll be two in April. It's a party, it's a party, it's Hey guys, this is Maquita Danielle of Polish Pistol, and you have reached my podcast. Life Things. Here we talk about the things that happen in life, whether it be ups or downs, or moments in our lives that feel like they're going sideways. Most importantly, here we are safe, here we are free, and authenticity is the name of the game. Dude, I have a podcast. <laughs> and this is gonna be fun. <laughs> On this episode, I speak with Heather Jones. She is a local artist um, who is an attorney by day, an artist by day, different day. (laughs) Quick introduction. I met Heather because she came across a post that included words from my book. It was on social media somewhere and she purchased the book. When she then was reading through it, she took a picture and posted it on her stories, tagged me in it. I saw it and then I'm like, oh, she's super cute. Her work is beautiful and interesting. For instance, uh, there's one or a few pieces that she was doing and selling um, these kind of miniature pieces. And they first appear to be these vases with beautiful flowers inside of them. What they are, are they are definitely something with something inside of them, but they're women's bodies with a vagina with pubic hair on them. And they're colorful and fun and beautiful. And I have it up in my house. Her pieces um, essentially bring attention to the women body and things that I would say are pretty much tucked away, not really put out there in the open. And she puts them out there, put them, she puts them out there in a way that um, makes them fun to talk about. And again, fun to have around your house. Okay. Hello. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. 
Yay, it's working good. Okay, cool. I wanted to mention that, you know, Heather Heather is really cool. She has done some live shows. She was in New York recently. Um, she has had people tattoo her art on them. Um, where can people keep up with you and follow up with your work and potentially attend? Where should the they, where can they find you? Follow me is on Heather Jones Art on Instagram. Um, I do have a Facebook too, but I admittedly don't really know how to use it. Um, but Instagram, I definitely post everything there. Um, so anything I ever have that's available, any show I have coming up, it'll always be posted there. Thank you for taking the time to accept this interview and converse with me a bit. I've known you for a short time, but in the short time that I've known you, just so many of the things that I've seen are admirable. You know, just you. you. Yes. Yeah. From, you know, your just different parts of your life to just even how it feels interacting with you. The authenticity there is felt, you know, and that's just, that's really important to you. It says a lot about who you are. I totally agree. (laughs) Definitely mutual. Mm, Thanks. The thing that stands out to me about you is it seems as though you are navigating between worlds in the few ways that I know. And that's interesting to me. So if you could just let my listeners know a little bit about where you grew up, that was like, how it was with your family and that sort of thing, how those things influenced you or impacted you. You No, I grew up, Mechanicsville is definitely a smaller town. It's certainly compared to um, DC, a little more rural, a little more conservative. Um, As is where I went to for undergrad, I went to Virginia Tech, so I was in Blacksburg, so that's very similar. Um, so it was definitely a place where you didn't hear necessarily so many different opinions. Mm-hmm. I was definitely fortunate that I grew up in a household, and I think in a friend group and around people, that I always felt um, encouraged to share my opinion. And even mm-hmm. when people didn't agree with it or it was too much for them, I think. Um, people have always been really respectful of my opinion and have always let me share my opinion. Um, and I think that's something that definitely influences me now to keep using my voice because I definitely have encountered a lot of people that haven't had that privilege to actually be able to speak up freely and feel comfortable to do so, especially, um, like you said, navigating between different worlds. It can some, you know, it's a little harder for some people enough others to find their place and find that um, respect level, especially when, you know, occasionally, I mean, there are a lot of people that don't agree with me and some of the positions I have. And I think I've gotten pretty lucky in that regard to be able to navigate back and forth and have a lot of really good conversations where I've learned things. Hopefully other people have learned or or reconsidered something from me. I mean, I certainly have. Um, So, yeah. So then you essentially got that from just the beginning. Like you said, your family, you grew up in a, in a home like that, <laughs> that well, encouraged I mean, that. That's really cool. And, and honestly, not to even so much, I think um, I think most of the members of my family are also probably m- certainly more conservative, not even necessarily politically, but just in general, mm-hmm. a little more conservative than me. Um, but yeah, they were always very open. They never tried mm-hmm. to shut me up or tried to quiet me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, I think that's something really special. And that's something I think everybody can learn from. Um, just giving people the space to be themselves. And I and I, I definitely feel like I got that at home. I definitely had the space to grow as I wanted and uh, really evolve into who I am now, which I think in a lot of situations that can be stifled, especially depending on what your background is. You know, it can be kind of stifled and it can be a little hard. So I think mm-hmm. I'm really fortunate to have had um, been around people that were 
were willing to listen and appreciated my speaking up, whether they agreed with me or not. Mm -hmm. So then would you say that you eventually then created that kind of world for yourself, like in terms of like the friends and people that you chose to be around? Absolutely. I think, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of moved um, together. I mean, I think there's Mm -hmm. uh, so many of my friends now, but maybe we don't see eye to eye on certain, whether it's a political issue or a social issue, but mm-hmm. we, we find a place where we definitely have a really open communication where we can actually educate each other, learn from each other without insulting each other or bringing mm-hmm. each other down or making either, you know, feel wrong. And I think we, we're able to have a lot of, uh, a lot of good open conversations. And of course, it's also, of course, great. The older I've gotten, the more I've met more people, come to the city, I actually can also meet a lot more people that are very like-minded with me, which is, of course, um, always amazing. It's nice to <laughs> find people I feel like, oh, these are my people. These people really get me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. there's definitely a space for both because I think I mean, mm-hmm. those people are great, but some of the some of the friends I have or some of my oldest friends that I don't always see eye to eye on are some of the ones that make, I think, where the growth comes. So mm-hmm. I definitely... Mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate the both worlds for sure. Mm-hmm. And so just to um, kind of rewind a bit, you grew up in Mechanicsville and then, so you lived there until when, and then you went to school where? So I um, I lived in Mechanicsville until I was 18 and then mm-hmm. went straight from um, Mechanicsville to Blacksburg to college, mm-hmm. um, which was of course a huge change, but coming from mm-hmm. Mechanicsville, it was a very, a lot of people in the Richmond area um, go up to Blacksburg or Radford mm-hmm. or past. So it was almost like a home away from home kind of initially. I think it was probably after graduating from college, deciding to go to law school and applying pretty much mostly to schools in either Baltimore or D.C. Mm-hmm. That I think I, I it, that was the first time it really honestly felt like for me, I was really stepping out on my own, kind of mm-hmm. alone and doing my own thing. And I think that's when I really grew the most um, mm-hmm. just because it was a change. I mean, going from being in a really small tiny community um, to then going to a city with so much diversity, so much going on. Almost where I was in Blacksburg, I kind of would look for things to get into. In D.C., I mean, I could never get into everything I wanted to get into here. There's so so much to do here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think it was probably going to law school is when I really started coming into my own. And even now, being a lawyer, I'm in the corporate law world. Most of my my clients are in the um, financial services industry. So I obviously... I mean, that's, that's a totally another kind of group of people and a totally different kind of experience and the things I see in that space. I think, I think in general, kind of, as you pointed out, it's definitely having the home life that's a little more rural, rural than being in the law office and also having my art friends and also being in the city. I mean, it really, I think so much <laughs> from all those places and they somehow, I mean, it definitely all comes together and, and helps out. So they definitely mm-hmm. all impact each other. Ha- what happens in one area makes me think differently in another. And I think it's, it's a good mm-hmm. thing usually. So what led you to law school? And then, yeah, let's start there. What led you? In all honesty, probably the <laughs> biggest deciding factor was that I graduated in um, 2009. So the economy <laughs> was not in a place where um, I was going to have a lot of luck probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely grew up with one as one of the few ones, probably because I was opinionated. People were always telling me, "Oh, you should go to law school. You should be a lawyer." So it kind of it just made sense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of, I went and it kind of, honestly, but I think the biggest, I think had the economy not been how it was, I, I don't know if I necessarily would have had the push. And I mean, I'm so glad I, um, I went and finished. But yeah, I mean, I think it's nice. I think it, it gives me a, a way. And I think going into law school, I felt like it would give me a way to have a voice and to be heard and be able to, as cliche as it sounds, make a difference in certain ways. Um, right. Right. And and I think it has done that. So I, it's definitely something I wouldn't say I think my passion lies more in the art than it does in mm-hmm. the lawyering. But I certainly mm-hmm. take so much out of the legal part as well. I mean, it certainly gives me a lot of purpose, a lot of fulfilling. It definitely teaches me a lot. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff crosses over. In graduating at that time, like during the recession, that just led a lot of our experiences um, <laughs> having graduated Absolutely. 2010, it was similar. And my peers, right. you know, like, like that's where people started nonprofits, either went to grad school or went abroad or <laughs> um, right. started their own businesses, all of that. You know, for me, I took a retail job for $8 an hour um, after graduating right. from college. You know, it was like, right. I have a job. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, so, I mean, I remember at that time just applying even for like, non-paid internships and like not getting any, I mean, it was so, I mean, you couldn't even find somewhere to work for free. It felt like it was just yeah. so, uh, yeah. It was, I mean, it was a, it was a wild time. It was. It was not wilder than these times, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, I think it's, it's just interesting how you speak about, you know, being an attorney and that whole like legal aspect of things and how it inspires who you are. And even, um, I think sometimes, Sometimes people may assume that you have to be one or the other. Um, right. That, yeah, your passion lies in one or the other. And if you are an artist, then more than likely that's your passion. But you were just good at being a, an attorney, or you know. And so, right. but it's so it's interesting to me that you say it, it's it's not one or the other. So, what is it from your experience as an attorney that adds to you? I heard you like in terms of um, having your own voice, but it sounds like it's even deeper than that. I think one thing I've really gotten from it is um, I think it's it's given me the ability to be very tolerant with a lot of different opinions Um, Mm -hmm. in the law firm world. I mean, I'm constantly all day um, coming across opinions I don't agree with or in people who don't agree with me. That's just kind of the nature of it where essentially there's a lot of arguing involved. So there's a lot of different (laughs) opinions. There's that human factor that it gives me where I think even when I now hear things I don't agree with, it, it allows me to respond in a much more respectful and tolerant mm-hmm. way that I think ends up being so much more effective and, and so right. much more, it can actually affect more of a change, more of a conversation. Right. And I think that, um, especially when you are, I, I mean, I, I am very passionate about certain issues. I think sometimes passion can sometimes be counterproductive if it's not, if it's not channeled in the right way and kind of controlled in the right way, especially in those situations when you're up against someone you don't agree with or a person you don't really see. And so I think that's definitely something that all day long I'm being challenged with. And I definitely take that over into my private life where I try and I think I I try to really understand everybody's opinion. I try not to think of anyone as wrong. And and I think that, I think Mm -hmm. that helps. Mm -hmm. (sighs) That's interesting. In the instances that you do find like, no, this is just not correct. How do you then, how do you channel that into something that's productive (laughs) and useful um, in in either of the worlds? You know, I think kind of in in conversations and sometimes even, you know, I am kind of um, an introverted person. So it's almost 
um, sometimes I, I don't want to say a conversation with myself, but I do mm-hmm. an activity with myself or I, or I might paint something that to me sends that message. And then by sharing it, I hope it speaks to someone else, even though I'm not mm-hmm. speaking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely do try to channel it. I, um, and I think the art definitely does help me do that. Mm-hmm. Life Things with Maquita Danielle will be right back after this commercial break. Amongst all of the unfortunate times that we're experiencing in this country and in the world right now, a friend and I, a fellow artist and I, decided to take our paint and poetic prose sessions online. Paint and prose? Isn't that like a paint and sip? Yeah, but better. During a night of instruction of paint, you will also be delivered poetry and they all tie into a single nature element related beam. Now feel free to bring whatever it is that you want to sip. In fact, we encourage a beverage of any type. But how do I get all the painting supplies? Like everything's totally closed. Come on, we have you covered. You didn't think we had you covered. Following registration, you will receive a box. It will be mailed to you at no additional cost to you. It is an individually crafted, personalized package with all of the necessary painting supplies included. And will also include some theme-related touches and a keepsake from me, the author. This woman-owned, black-owned, locally-owned business featuring two dynamic artists, (laughs) me and Janelle. I'm talking about me and Janelle that care. We are making this more than just a session or a class, but an actual experience. An experience that includes keepsakes that you can keep with you long after the session is over, but also memories, positive memories during a time of high anxiety and stress. And we want to help alleviate that. I mean, we're artists. This is what we do. And when I say individually packaged, I mean individually packaged. We take care of each package we send to each individual and make sure that it is ready to go specially for you. The session itself, essentially it's about an hour and a half of camaraderie between women and Janelle, the figurative painter and visual artist, guides us all through a painting while I deliver pieces of poetry from one or two of my published books that are available on amazon.com stories of a polished pistol the pieces are specifically chosen and it's all tied to a singular theme Our overall themes have to do with nature nature's elements something that we're not seeing a whole lot of these days current theme that we're focusing on is earth and it's pretty fun because you get an actual piece of wood to paint on which is dope and on top of that you get some other keepsakes that are earth related i think it's dope and i wouldn't steer you wrong however here are some of the things that previous attendees had to say about their own experience i was a little bit kind of um intimidated in the beginning because i don't know anyone in the group but i really felt of course I thought really walk on, and it was a very um, warm group of women. Um, sometimes it's really hard, um, you know, if, if you don't know people, but that's that's really great. So I think that the format of just being, um, you know, by yourself participating is also such a great idea. And I'm not sure if you're just limiting this to women, um, McQueen and Janelle, but I thought that this particular format is really, um, very, uh, I don't know, it's, it's very powerful to me because I think that while everyone's struggling, um, I think that we have unique um, struggles as women. So um, I really appreciate this. So thanks for inviting me. 
just getting this little snippet, I'm like, I want more. <laughs> this is yeah. definitely something to look forward to um, yeah. for today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, this has been a great experience just because I'm a girl's girl. I love meeting amazing women that are unapologetically themselves and they like to share and be vulnerable and be strong and be funny and be um, emotional all at the same time. I know that that as women, as wives, as sisters, as friends, as mothers, as business women, so many times we forget to uh, take a moment for ourselves. So I wanna thank each of you for taking those moments this evening to share that time with us because we spread ourselves so thin many times. And to have the opportunity to just relate to other women in a really spiritual and artistic and calming. I mean, every time you read a poem, I closed my eyes and I just mm -hmm. heard it. I didn't look at anything. I just was listening to it. Uh -huh. And every time Janelle painted something, I was eyeing it. So it's like this really interesting juxtaposition between all of the senses mm. of listening to something and taking it in without seeing anything, creating your own photograph in your mind, and then opening your eyes and creating something that's actual tangible art. I think you guys are onto something that people are going to need more and more. Please, please, please. Um, thank you so much, um, everyone, for your um, stories, for sharing your time, your energy. It's just been good vibes this evening. I hope we can grow this community and make it amazing because I think it's really important. We are all trying to get it together, honey. We are all trying to get it together. Yes. <laughs> we are doing the best we can. You can either register for a private session or a general session by Googling Paint and Poetic Prose and booking a session on our Schedule a City page or clicking the link inside of the description of this podcast episode. All right, guys, we are headed back into our interview with Miss Heather Jones. Gosh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. On the other side of it, with the art, how would you say that then kind of adds to or speaks to who you are and and I think, and I, I think too, like something I, I realize as artists is you a lot of times, or we a lot of times put out things that it's, it's almost like a timeline, right? So right. we could produce something five years ago and, and now, and it'll be two totally different, potentially, not always, but two right. totally different um, pieces or creations or music or whatever type of art you do. So I don't mean to like limit it to that, but how does the art kind of speak to who you are as like how you explained being an attorney kind of does that for you and to, and to your, and how also does it speak to it being like your passion? Like, why is it your passion? You know, that is a good question. Um, gosh, why is it my passion? You know, it's, I guess, and I think maybe that's what, um, what makes it my passion that it's kind of an innate thing that I feel like I need and that betters me and that don't necessarily even have a reasoned explanation for why. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's almost like the difference that in the legal space, I'm more in my logical reasoning mind, whereas 
with the art much more just comes from a place um, of just kind of within. And again, I don't want to sound cliche, but it kind of mm-hmm. speaks for itself and kind of manifests itself. It's so um, inherent and natural. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think in that way, it's much less, it's almost less, it's much less intentional. It just kind of happens the way it happens. And kind of to your point, I mean, I, so many, I think everything I make from like a big painting to whether it's like a little doodle, I mean, it really has a way of kind of like trapping time. I mean, I still, now I can look into a journal from six years ago and see something and I can remember immediately like what I felt in that moment. And it might be completely different now, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I love that. I mean, it honestly, I feel like it like lets you transport in such an emotive way and in such a way that I think it's so, it's so hard to explain. And I'm sure, well, I guess for you as an artist, being a writer, you're actually very great at explaining that's um, Mm. um, my points, but you know, I think, not always. <laughs> Not, yeah, well, it comes it comes off that way. I think, mm. yeah, like when I I love that's how I found you with your book. I love following mm-hmm. writers because I I envy so much how um, how writers can express what they're feeling because I think it is very mm-hmm. hard sometimes as like a painter or a drawer you, you have so much emotion and so much meaning and feeling for what you're doing, but kind of the very nature of it, it's very hard to put into words mm. um, so it's tough mm-hmm. uh, yeah mm-hmm. I mean you hope whatever you end up putting out there is sending some kind of message or painting some kind of picture that is authentic to you and I feel like I'm doing that I'm hopefully doing that um, and I'm I think the way that kind of happens is when it just happens naturally as opposed to in a, in a planned way I mean so many of my art decisions have really no planning behind them it's just kind of a little snowball that keeps on rolling and we just kind of see what happens, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah. I think that hopefully translates and makes it come off a little more authentic. You say like it it just happens kind of, I know that feeling so very well. Like even going back and reading poems, it's like, gosh, like I remember writing it, you know, but I know when I'm in a certain state, it's just pouring out. It's not a whole lot of strategic thinking unless there's a piece that's intentionally right. created that way, which sometimes happens just to challenge myself, right. you know, but yeah, I, I, I completely, <laughs> I'm aware of that feeling. I know that feeling. So like in, in starting art, what was that for you? Like, was that a formal process or did you kind of just start? Was it just like a way of... I've always done um, art. I've always been a drawer. I've always been a creator, but never really in a concrete way, more like a journal keeper, a doodler. Um, Mm. I rare, I mean, I really, I mean, of course I I painted things before, but I really didn't start painting the way I am now until honestly probably a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I mean, I didn't even have those kinds of supplies. I maybe did a little watercolor. It was mostly just um, drawing and stuff. And it honestly, I, I, just never really shared it. I mean, people who know me well would, of course, see it just because they'd come across it or, or what have you, but it wasn't really something I shared. And it was really, and again, this was like a year and a half ago that I think I, I think I might have posted something on my private Instagram page. And I was just kind of, and I, and I was, of course, kind of worried about posting. I wasn't sure if I wanted to, you know, welcome right. back if the how that would, you know, it changed how I felt about it. Um, but it was people were just so supportive. And, um, mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, of course, the support felt good, but it also felt good to, to put what I made out there. Because um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's kind of the point. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. um, it's great to make things for yourself, but it's also great to 
especially things that matter to you to, to get them out there. And so right. it definitely started out very, um, it was like baby steps. I was really scared, honestly, really scared, kind of paranoid, very, very insecure about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm getting the, as it goes on, I'm getting more comfortable as I meet more people, as I talk to more people, um, get more feedback, positive and negative. I'm definitely becoming more comfortable, but it really is. It's very new. Um, I mean, I've always been a creative, but it's it's very new that I'm putting it out there in a way that I am actually presenting myself that way to other people. I think before it was kind of my little, I don't want to say my secret because I certainly wasn't hiding it, uh, but right. it's a secret in a way. Yeah, it's like, I kind of like to see it as like a, like, it's obviously different, but... <laughs> But similar to like how you feel about like your child, like something you just care about. So like it's you have to protect it from, right. um, you know, people's opinions and you, you keep them around certain environments that are safe. <laughs> exactly. That, you know, that's, it's so true. That's so true. Inspired. So I, I love I love like sharing your art with other people because it's so fun. So it's Thank you. it's like it does this perfect talk about navigating between worlds. I feel like it's even, it resembles itself in your art because you have this ability to create something that I feel has a very like strong, I don't know if message is the right word, but it's, it's like, um, it's not something that is like hidden at all. It's, it's um, right it really puts it right out there it does it's very blatant it's very blatant but it's done in a way that also is super fun and you can miss it like you take a second look and you're like you know and so it's it's like again one of those things where um it's almost like you know like how comedians can talk about something so deep and make you laugh about it even though it's that's such a compliment. That's a, that's a great compliment. Yeah. The pieces that I have, I like, and I was just talking about it, like with my daughter during our walk today. I'm like, it's so cool because you look and you're thinking, oh, they're vases with flowers. No, they're right. vaginas. And that's, right. that's so cool that they're able to do both. And it's humorous and it's fun. And it creates a conversation around something that's very human and normal, but often isn't communicated that way. Could You know, in certain, I guess, in certain cultures, it can, you know, the naked body and especially the woman body can just be very like vulgar, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. It's so, um, mm-hmm. it, it can, the female form can be so objectified to the point that it's the female figure. It's, uh, it's like it's sexualized in and of itself. Like, yes, I can't tell with so many of the, especially the little doodles I do, these little minimalist drawings that are literally just like a woman's curves and, and a lot of times they'll get reported as sexually suggestive. And that, I mean, there's nothing sexually suggestive about <laughs> being a woman and having breasts and having a bottom. Like we, that's, there's nothing inherently sexual about that. And so that's definitely something I um, try to play with just with like shapes and simple concepts and just showing that there's nothing dirty or scary or you have to cover your eyes just because you're seeing the outline of a woman's breast. That it, 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 of course it can be sexual, but it doesn't have to be sexual. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Right. And that, that in itself encourages a conversation. So it's interesting, right? Like, yeah, writers have words, but I feel like that encourages 
dialogue. I hope so. I definitely hope so. And, yeah. Or just even like internal like monologues of like, that's interesting. Yeah, right, yeah. How do I feel? You know what I mean? How do I feel about it? Why do I feel that way about it? Exactly. And I, I, I hope it does. I mean, I, I, I definitely, I hope it does. And that's the kind of thing, you know, like as time got goes on, I get more comfortable. But initially, uh, I mean, naturally, I have, you know, family, friends, coworkers, people who follow me, and I would post things and be like, ah, oh, is this too much? And, you know, the longer I go, the more I get comfortable. But I'm sure I think, likewise, a lot of those people probably initially might have felt a little uncomfortable and maybe ask themselves why the same way I ask myself, you know, why am I uncomfortable? And I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that it, I hope it, can start a conversation, but even internally start some conversations to kind of think, yeah, exactly like you said, just kind of think about why something impacts you a certain way. Right. And how much of that is, is based on how you feel versus how you've kind of been programmed to feel. I think so much of us, especially when it comes to how women are portrayed, we're kind of programmed even as women to, mm-hmm. to judge ourselves, to judge each other, to not know, I mean, you know, it, if you do one way, you're going to lose. You do it the other way, you're going to lose. So it's kind of like no matter what choices you make, there's going to be a group telling you you're wrong. Right. And so I hope it does kind of open that dialogue. Mm. Will you say that your earlier art kind of showed that hesitancy as a like I, I hear you you're saying you, you're getting more you're getting more comfortable in that sort of thing. But were you kind of more reserved or less inclined to to show something so blatant earlier on because of that? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think I definitely was. And I think earlier on that came through a lot. Um, it came through a little differently, whereas now I think I'm becoming more comfortable um, really focusing on the female form. Mm-hmm. Back then it was kind of a similar idea, but I would play with kind of different women's issues. I have like the nun painting, which doesn't depict any nudity. Um, mm-hmm. but she kind of looks kind of in a violent state, but at the same time she's also – beautiful she's rainbow colored and so you don't really know it confuses you because you look at it and you don't know if you're supposed to be happy or sad or is it pretty or is it scary and so kind of throughout that's definitely kind of I think a theme that I've stuck with where I really like to to appeal to different people that wouldn't necessarily think they'd be in the same group but that it gives different things to different people I think there are, I, I love that one. That's the one that you posted and asked like for name suggestions, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one's, and it does, it creates, even because of the colors used, you know, that whole light and dark and um, then yes, the actual like image itself of a nut. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're not, yeah. Like, you're not, yeah. You're not quite like if a, if a kid see it, saw it, would you, do you need to cover their eyes? But maybe you mm. don't. It's kind of, yeah, it's one of those. It makes you, I think, think kind of what is it about this that's making me feel a certain way, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. also not feeling that certain way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like to, um, con- I guess, confuse myself and confuse others a little bit, but mm-hmm. just enough to make them kind of think a little more. Do you mind sharing like, a couple of the issues that matter to you that you choose to speak on through art? I think through art, my my biggest, I guess, the message I want to send and kind of, so, I guess, socially speaking, I have a really strong desire to um, just help women feel more in control of their own bodies, their own sexuality, or lack thereof, whatever the case may be, just to feel more in control and more accepted and to kind of 
really flipped the, the male gaze a little bit. I think mm. so many things, especially in art, are even when we don't realize that they're they're made to please a heterosexual male. I mean, it, it, right. it's geared towards the male gaze, and you sometimes will see. I see all the time. I mean, a, a girl will post selfies, and it's like she's treated as though she's arrogant or she's vain, mm. but then virtually every aspect of society does just that. And so it's almost like it's okay for everyone else to gaze at her, but God forbid mm. she gazes at herself or, or like mm. her own body, you know, and, that, and that's something that I really try to um, try to combat. And it's something even I face. I mean, there's so many times um, trying to like for, there's one post I have where, well, pretty much any post I have where I post something where I'm painting and mm-hmm. I'm backwards and you can, like, see my bottom, I mm-hmm. get tons of messages from people that are just rude, like, saying, you know, saying, you know, I'm selling sex, I'm doing this, and it's kind of like, I want me, what do you want me to do, not have a bottom, like, wear a, um, wear a, wear a, wear a towel around myself like to show myself working in my workspace? I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous, but, I, you know, it's... It, it, <laughs> how some people think and it's so and it's very it's unfair so I really do try to um mm-hmm. I try to send that message at the end of the day even if I was spread eagle in the news I mean it's honestly that would be my business and I feel like right. you know whatever anybody wants to do I feel like it's their it's their own business and I and I know if I'm getting it I'm sure mm-hmm. other women are getting it too and it's just right. unfortunate I want women to control their own bodies and how it's perceived and how they want it to be perceived and if they However, however that may be, however modestly that may, that may be, however not modestly that may be, I just want women to feel in control of their own bodies, their own sexuality, their own opinions, instead of seeing themselves through through the male gaze, through right. the way society kind of objectifies us. Right. Um, and just a few more questions. This is great. What, what, yeah. Um, what drives you? in this what motivates you I know that you know there's like you mentioned that just you have to you have to do it you have to get out it's the way that you express yourself there's that but in both in both areas um because they're both equally you're equally passionate about both of them so I don't want to just focus on the art but right yeah so what drives you and motivates you to continue doing both um I you know I think I think it's just that I get so much from both okay Um, I think it's they just, it just comes from such different buckets, and they both, mm-hmm. if, if I lost either, I would not feel as satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I hope other people can see that and, and realize that, too. I mean, you don't have to pin yourself down as, you know, wh- whatever it is. I'm a teacher, or no, I want to be a mom. I want to be an mm-hmm. artist. You can be all these things, mm-hmm. and they can all help each other out. Mm-hmm. And I hope, mm-hmm. you know... Um, People can see that. And I think even in, you know, in the law firm space, you know, there aren't, well, that I know of, I mean, maybe there's a lot of artists at my firm and they just don't talk about it that much. But so mm-hmm. even, even that, I think the more I share and the more I open up in that regard, even to people within my law firm space, that the more I find that maybe there are. And they, I think maybe see me in, in, in a good way, in a way that, again, makes them think and maybe even reflect on themselves like oh you know I used to dance I used to write poems I used to do this why don't I and mm-hmm. that's also something that I love to see I mean I love from strangers and even friends people I grew up with that have messaged me and said oh I, like I think it's great you're doing the art thing it's made me want to 
do X, Y, or Z. And I think that's awesome. Like there's no mm-hmm. better, I think there's no better feeling really than when hearing somebody say that, that, that I've influenced them to do something that they've been wanting to do and maybe mm-hmm. hadn't done yet. Because then it's, it's almost like, I mean, like you said, like what's, what's the point of doing it? It's that it goes back to that, right? Right. Just paying it forward and just paying the energy forward and, and yeah. keeping it going. Yeah. Yeah. To someone that is into women specifically who are kind of maybe navigating these different spaces and are having difficulty doing so and, and wanting to explore, you know, one more than the other, having been someone that's been doing that, what would you advise or say to them? Honestly, I would say just to do what feels right, which sounds so cliche, but with these kind of decisions, there's so much at least for me, having been in the legal world, it, there's so much logic that goes into it and just rethinking and almost thinking too much. And, and if you're thinking too much, you, it, it probably means you want to do it. So just go ahead and do it and see what happens. And I think I think all of us sometimes can put too much weight into a particular decision when, you know, life is life isn't static. We can make different decisions. Right. We can change our minds. And I think I would just advise people just not to be scared. I mean, maybe it won't work out. Maybe you'll change your mind. Maybe it's the worst idea ever, but you'll recover if it is. And so just do it. And I think it's very, I mean, it took me many, many years to finally, I mean, I certainly didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to start sharing my art. It's it's something I've thought about for years and just never done it or thought of a million reasons not to. And sometimes you just got to just do it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I think too, like one, yes, (laughs) snaps (laughs) that one of the things, um, that I, that became very just obvious to me over the summer was how like tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I think it's unfortunately becoming a reality that we live in now, you know, like we, so why not don't assume that you have tomorrow that's so true. That's so true. And I see so many now with everything going on, which is, of course, horrible. But you see so many different, like, you know, just silly little, like, memes or posts that just that show how people are just reflecting so much differently on life, on the environment, on so yeah. many different issues. Yeah. And, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's great that people are really thinking and, like, feeling different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's totally true that it definitely makes you realize where you want to spend your energy and how much your energy worth is worth and how much it actually means and that you really, you only have a finite amount of it and so channel it to the right things. Mm, mm, mm. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you're in DC. I'm so glad that you came across my book and I'm so glad that we crossed paths. Me too. And I look forward to um, talking with you more offline. This This was fun. This was really fun. We'll definitely have to do it again. Yes. I am going to cut off the recording really quickly. Okay. That was great. That was great, right? Um, We have a few more interviews coming up following this episode. Also, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode that Life Things with Maquita Danielle was... The podcast was actually listed as a top. Let me pull up the exact title so I don't mess it up. (laughs) All right. Top 10 single mom podcasts you must follow in 2020. So share with your friends. I'm just saying. And that's on a feed spot. I'll put a link in the description as well. 
But yes, shout out to Heather for being the first interview on the podcast. If you guys missed it, the best place to follow her is Heather Jones Art on Instagram. A special shout out to those that are choosing to become members of Polished Pistol, uh, the brand and the podcast via Patreon. I'm looking forward to interacting with you behind the scenes. Until the next one. Because when it's real and when it's authentic and when you're happy with what you're putting out there and it's rooted in your purpose, it's bound to connect with those that need to connect with it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to create and connect with you. This is Life Things with Maquita Danielle of Polish Pistol. You can follow me on social media at Maquita Danielle. That's on Instagram, Facebook, etc. You can follow future blog posts and check out the old blog post on polishpistol.com. And I'll see you on the next episode. Episode, episode. Bye.